Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. Let's get this going. No Rain, No Rainbows podcast with my man, AK, in three, two, one. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. I'm leaving that clap in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know why we clap? No, I don't. Hey, I was that's trying to that was the first time. Well, we clapped to sync the video with the audio, so oh, it's a yeah. great time. Hey, no, 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 we keep it in. That was, yeah. that was <laughs> It's a perfect time we to rela- clap remind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect time to remind our listeners that we do have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. so uh, be sure to tune into that. Of course, uh, I'm here with Andre Settles of Settle Solution, and our guest in the building today, so glad to have you, ladies and gentlemen. We have Adekunle Olusanya, a.k.a. AK, in go, the man. building. How did I do? Man, you did great, man. You sure you're not from Nigeria? I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. Actually, fun fact, I did the 23andMe DNA test, yeah. and um, my roots come out of Nigeria. Okay. Yeah, yeah. West Africa. I so. think 50% of black people in America are actually Nigerian. Nice. You know, but if you're not above 8%, we're not going to count you. Yeah. You know, we're right. very strict about <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but now you did awesome, man. So Adekunla Olusanya, my full name, if you want to get all the way African, is Adekunla Oluwabusayomi Olusanya. At Kiniga. Oh. Now, there's um, some science to it, right? Um, it took me a couple of years to be able to say that mm-hmm. um, to my peers, but my name means God will continue to add joy to my life. I love that. Yeah, man. I think I was just a problem child, so my parents were just like, let's just pray on it yeah. and make a thing of prayer. <laughs> that way, it becomes yeah. a little better, man. So. I'll, I'll say this much. Your parents' prayers worked, man, because every time we've linked up, whether it was us grabbing lunch, us yeah. linking up at the Modern Man, or even here, uh, you've always brightened up the room and you got a good that. energy around you. Appreciate that. And um, I know we're going to jump into a lot of things today, kind of just rolling with the flow of the conversation. For folks who might not have had the grace of, of being introduced to you yet, now's the opportunity to kind of let them know who you are and what yeah. it is you do, man. Yeah, man. So uh, again, my name is Ade Kumla. Um, we'll go for AK just, you know, keep things mm-hmm. short. But um, I'm a Furman graduate, played football over there, played with Andre um, mm-hmm. for about two mm-hmm. to three years. But if you take it all the way back, I'm from Nigeria. Um, I was actually born in the States. My mom kind of timed it up to where she had us here so we could be dual citizens. Yeah. Um, but just through work and everyone traveling, I ended up moving to Florida with my family. I'm the youngest of three boys. And I'm the smallest one in my family. And okay. um, at my prime, I was, you know, six foot on a good day, 220. So my brothers are massive, man, <laughs> you know, big, got a lot of genes. Um, but, you know, growing up, life was smooth. You know, my parents were awesome. Um, just, you know, by being one immigrants and then always being on the road, you know, for work and things, they weren't always home. Mm-hmm. And so, and I kind of grew up and I don't know if you guys can relate to, but I kind of had two personalities, right? I had that personality with my parents around, um, when I was at church, when I was doing all these right things, but because they weren't there sometimes, my mind wandered into the bad places, right? Being mm-hmm. in the streets, being in Boston for some time, being in Tampa for some time, some bad neighborhoods and some bad influences. I kind of let those things kind of touch into my life, you yeah. know? And so, um, Saves you some details, but I wasn't always doing the right thing, right? And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to play football at UCF, full scholarship. But my brother was like, yeah, you need to go to that small school, you know, change things around. So, you know, coming to Furman was a blessing. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't like it at first. Um, You can probably talk to Andre a little bit about how I was when I first came in. I'm all still on that that hype stuff. You know, I was still trying to prove a point and 
angry young black man, you know, coming from the streets and all those things. But now as I look at things, man, God blessed me and yeah. God touched me and something important when you get around the right people. Absolutely, man. And I remember when we had lunch, just how much we had in common yeah. with the, the parents being the immigrants and you being the youngest and the smallest in your family. Yeah. I'm the smallest out of all my cousins. Yeah. I always laugh. They say, how did you grow up in New York and you're a Miami Dolphins fan? I tell them because I spent my summers in Miami yeah. with my cousins and they were all bigger than me and older yeah. than me and it was survival because I didn't want to root for the Jets yeah. <laughs> they would have killed me. Yeah. So um, that and Dan Marino, the man. Yeah, um, but mm -hmm. I love how you, you talked about the two personalities because I think a lot of kids and a lot of us can kind of relate to that in terms of for me around my parents, you know, I, I, they, my parents were very strict. Yeah. They had the structure in their house. Education was important and I, I abided by that. However, you know, there were things presented to me in life that I don't think many people have those choices. Yeah. Um, and when I say those choices, um, Quite frankly, I'm two or three choices away in my life yeah. from being in a completely different place. No I could be behind bars. No I could be on the streets. But um, luckily, those two or three choices that I've made throughout life were on the right side yeah. of, of the median. How, how did you decide to get to where you are now? What kind of helped you decide the choice between A and B, between door one or door two? What were some of those influences for you? Um, you know, well... Uh, Sometimes people think it's like a one decision thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's multiple decisions over time. And I think um, I just started looking at what I wanted to accomplish in life, mm -hmm. you know, especially being a young athlete, being a young black male. And really, I mean, just being a young person, you get so caught up in circumstance. You get so caught up in who's around you and who you're trying to appease. And that's why I took all of last year off of Instagram, just because there's so many influences. Mm -hmm. um, but it just came to a point where I started to mature. I think especially being an athlete, sometimes when you live with your when you live with your best friends, you play football with your best friends, you have class with your best friend, sometimes you assimilate and you just become these football players, right? Mm -hmm. You don't actually get to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And um, what the best thing for me was honestly staying for a fifth year. So I'm not sure if the viewers really know, but basically you have four years of eligibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't play my freshman year, right? Um, just wasn't good enough, right? Something a lot of people can't own up to, right? And yeah. that's okay, right? Wasn't good enough my freshman year, had to develop. Mm -hmm. And so I had an opportunity to stay in my fifth year and all my boys were seniors. So they all graduated the year before. So actually I broke, I dislocated my elbow in a game and I was in school taking one class basically by myself. I actually was so lonely, I ended up getting a girlfriend, and we're still together. So uh, <laughs> nice. that loneliness is something strong, right? Um, but anyway, being by myself got me a chance to think about things. And like, what, what am I doing? You know, football is about to end. And so football for me kind of ended early, right? Mm -hmm. So no football. Um, you're staying in school, not doing anything. I had a lot of free time. And, you know, at first that free time was bad because I was getting into all the wrong things, right? Drinking more, mm -hmm. smoking more, whatever, doing all those things just because I'm a kid. But I ended up going to Nigeria, mm -hmm. right? My birthplace. Or, you know, where my forefathers are and my family is. Most of my family is in Nigeria. And, man, walking around that soil, you know, breathing in that air, seeing what people don't have and comparing it to everything that I was taking for granted. You know, people forget that mm -hmm. Nigeria is a third world country. And I love it. It's fun. You have a great time. You guys come with me. But people don't even know if they're going to have electricity. They might wake right. up and have to walk to the well, you know, to go boil that water, right? They don't even – the airport um, electricity cut off while we was there. Really? Yeah, you know how scary that is? <laughs> Man, so I'm um, just going to Nigeria, being around my family, seeing how people connected, one with just people, mm -hmm. um, allowed me to kind of reset back. I was like, hey, you know what? Now that I've gotten this, cause I was there for about a month, Christmas, mm -hmm. New Year's. I actually got really sick. Um, and that's another thing, too. You don't want to be scared. Of, you don't want to be sick in Nigeria. 
uh, <laughs> the healthcare is not as efficient. But um, but anyway, man. So going through that time, that hardship, um, seeing my family what they were going through allowed me to hone in. Yeah. You know, I came back. Um, and there's something beautiful about a marriage. And um, we're not married yet, but just in spirit, me and my girlfriend. And there's something beautiful about having someone who um holds you down. Mm-hmm. You know, and through that relationship and slowing things down, I say, hey, you know what? I love this girl. I want to have a family. You know, all the fun I could have, all the drinks and all the party and all the running around I could do. Yeah, it's fun. I'm not saying it's not fun. But what does that compare to me being a stay-at-home father? And mm-hmm. by that, I don't mean like a bum, right? I mean a, a, a man who's done enough work to choose his own schedule to be home with his wife and kids, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, like I love work. I love what I do, right? But at the end of the day, I'd much rather be with my wife mm-hmm. and my kids, right? I'd much rather be anyway. training my kid to catch ball of your kid. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Talking that junk to uh-huh. him, getting him to understand. But, you know, there's so many people and, and they work which is awesome. I mean, you have to work, right? Money is what we, you know, what makes our world go around. But at the end of the day, man, I'm the only person who can be a husband to my wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only person who can be a father to my kid. Right? Yeah. I can be a multi-billionaire businessman. Someone else can do that. But no one can replace that role that God gave me. And so just taking that time to self-reflect, which I don't think people do, gave me a lot of insight on what I wanted to do with life. And just that last mm-hmm. semester, everything t- changed for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of a long-winded answer. but No, I love yeah. it because it's crazy how time alone mm-hmm. can really open up your eyes mm-hmm. into who you should be around others, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And um, the perspective you mentioned in terms of going back to Nigeria and just yeah. seeing what others don't have mm-hmm. that you take for granted. Yeah. Comparison on how we're similar is, I remember my sister, when she went to Haiti to visit um, my mom's family, mm-hmm. she mentioned how the plane had to circle around because they couldn't land because there were cows on the runway yeah. and yeah. my dad mm-hmm. talking about growing up where they play soccer with a bottle cap or an orange to, with the sewers but they'd only have one orange or one bottle cap and the game was to one yeah. and if somebody mm-hmm. scored in the first 10 minutes they'd get pissed because yeah. game's over mm-hmm. so when you kind of realize what it is you have that's when you stop taking it for granted yeah. and um not only stop taking it for granted but then your your gratitude allows you to go for more Mm -hmm. um i love the fact when you talk about stay at home debt and not in a bum way but being present for kids and your wife because i think we live in a world where we think with our economy you need dual income Mm -hmm. what is dual income Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) it's it's subjective you could have two people that make forty thousand dollars or you have one person that makes eighty thousand dollars if you have two people that make eighty thousand dollars do you need sixteen hundred dollar dual income or $160,000 income. Good point. Yeah. Speaking on that dual income too, man, there's so many, and I, I'm a, I'm a bit a, big advocate for women and working and, and doing what you pursue. Mm-hmm. But in, in my perfect bubble, all right, I'd prefer for my wife not to work. And that's not because I don't want to pursue her. I don't want my, let me rephrase that. I don't want my work to have, my wife to have to work out of necessity. Okay. okay? Yeah. And so because think about this, man, and again, shout out to all the parents. I'm not a parent. I'm not trying to judge. I'm not trying to, you know, say that you guys are doing anything wrong, but you could not pay a babysitter. A million dollars to take care of my child better than my wife's going to take or better than I'm going to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to have her home or shoot, if I'm the one who's going to be home, right? Because I, I did the work for the finances mm-hmm. to give myself that option. That's the thing. Most people don't have that option, right? You have to drop your kids off because if you don't go to work, there's no light bill paid. Yeah. Right. And so with dual income, whatever income you want to take, just make sure you do enough to make sure that 
at least one of y'all can be home. Mm-hmm. Perfect world, both of y'all being home, taking care of what's important. Yeah. Spending that time with your kids. Because if you don't spend that time with your kids, you're going to spend a lot of time on that internet mm-hmm. learning all the wrong things from all the wrong people. Yeah. Growing up in the same house, but don't even know them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's all, I love that. It's the choice, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of things of what we talk about in No Rain, No Rainbows in terms of going through your storms to live your best life. I'm not talking about being a multimillionaire. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about being rich. I'm talking about living the life you choose. Yeah, exactly. happy. You know, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, too many times we live the life that we settle for. Mm-hmm. We live the life we have to. We weren't intentional about certain things early enough. And then we wake up one day and we find ourselves in a situation where we have to sustain the house that we live in. We have mm-hmm. to sustain the car that we're driving mm-hmm. and the family that we have. And leaving our job is no choice, even though that yeah. doesn't fulfill us. Mm-hmm. That to me is a tragedy. And all the listeners that are listening, I don't want you to fall into that trap. Yeah. I want you to tap in, spend time alone, get your perspective, find out who it is you want to be, what it is you want to chase, and then have the choice Mm -hmm. to either go work or stay at home with your kids, make those recitals. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on the athlete thing because we were mentioning that before. And you mentioned that that time alone helped you find out who you were because when you're with your teammates and you're with these other players so much all the time, You're a football player, but you don't get to be who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can that affect somebody as they go into the real world if they don't make it into the league? Yeah, man. And um, you see identity foreclosure, yeah. um, which is a general disorder, but especially for athletes that they see. And so for me, I've always, man, back in high school, my principal used to say that I had personality disorder, right? Because I was AK on the field, mm-hmm. right? Talking my trash, you know, downright semi-crazy, right? Doing all these things, being aggressive. But then I had Adekunla, who was the more subtle, the more intellectual person who was, you know, answering questions in class, right? And so I kind of had this split. And what happens is that most of these athletes, right, they only feel like they have success in sports, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to use football just because I play football. But I'm talking about men, women, any sport, right? And so many people, they have success and they fall in love with that success, right? They don't fall in love with growing, but they fall in love with that applause, that um, acceptance, right? And so easy to rely on football. Okay, hey, when I score a touchdown, everyone's clapping, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's loving me. When I have that one-handed catch, awesome. Okay, but guess what? When your platform's gone, what are you going to do? And I'm, when I'm so reliant on other people's likes, again, why I don't like Instagram, right? I'm so reliant on likes, right? So many people are deleting pictures because they didn't get enough likes. Yeah. And hey, post a picture, man. If it's your picture you want to post, post it, right? <laughs> you were so worried about this caption and this and that. And again, I'm not perfect. I go through the same things. I had called Andre two weeks ago, maybe, mm-hmm. and was talking to him about, hey, how can I make the most um, attractive post to do what I want to do for business? Mm-hmm. And um, But anyway, so when you lose that kind of success that's been so important in your life and no one ever told you that, hey, you're successful beyond that sport, you fall in love with it. And when I take it away from you, whether through injury, which happens to a lot of people, and I think it's one of the hardest things to deal with because... That gives people an, a, um, a way to make an excuse. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I didn't hurt my knee, this would happen. That's the worst. Because you hear it all the time. You have that doubt in your mind. And again, shout out to everyone who you know who's going through everything. But at the end of the day, you can have excuses or results, right? And so let's say that you're playing your sport, your career is over now. What are you going to do? I know for me, especially running around doing a lot of the wrong things I was doing, if it wasn't for meeting people who told me I had something outside of sports, I would have ran right back into all those running around with gangs, drugs, whatever you want to call it that I was doing as a youngin. Mm-hmm. And so kind of segue, segues into what we do for work. Um, and I like to use the term nine to five millionaire because I still have you know, my other jobs, right? I work at GHS and cardiac rehab. I work at Orange Theory Fitness and, and I'm a personal coach there helping people you know, meet their needs. Yeah. But my bread and butter, man, my passion is helping these kids. And the company is called Next Play. 
So we help athletes transition from, you know, being a college athlete to a working professional. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of mentorship, right? There's a lot of X's and O's, a lot of technical skills we can give these kids. Um, But as an athlete, you always get, whoever tells you that you're a student athlete, that's a lie. You're an athlete student, right? I like to use that phrase. And just because time, right? The Bible says you can't serve two masters, Mm -hmm. right? You might want to study for that test. You want to go to that lab. You want to go to that career event. But guess what you have? Practice. And guess who's paying for you to be at school? Football. Yeah. So you can't sell someone that's doing athlete when their athlete is a priority. And Andre can relate to this as well. I know a lot of people can relate to this. Um, but what happens is you get caught trying to pick between two. Mm-hmm. So where next play comes in is we take into account their schedule, what they have to do. And we do a full analysis for that school. So it's made to be customized for that program. And um, we help them nav- we help the athletic department and the academic department navigate through some of their issues. Right. Mm-hmm. If I have a resume session at four o'clock um, three times a month, but all the athletes are at football practice. What's the point of having a tool you can't use? Yeah. So we come in there, create a customized program, know their schedule, know their needs. We do a full needs assessment and work with the school to create several events throughout the year that will specifically target what those students need. I love that, man. Yeah. I love that because it's it's breaking down all the different layers because I think the biggest tragedy, uh, especially when, when athletes go through that, that troubled identity, right? Yeah. The biggest tragedy is I have met so many people that I've worked with, people yeah. in business who benefit from what they've learned in sports. Yeah. I think there's a lot to learn in football. There's a lot to learn. And I played volleyball. And the biggest thing I learned in volleyball was how if you really watch closely, everybody's always moving. Yeah. It's easy to keep an eye on the ball. But if you watch both teams, they are constantly moving depending on where the ball goes. Yeah. And if the ball gets set, let's uh, let's paint the picture. Let's say we're all on the same side of the net and the ball's on the other side of the net. Yeah. If the ball gets set to the high right side, I know where I'm going and I know where all other five yeah. men on that court are going or women on that court. I played a lot of co-ed yeah. and I'll tell you what, the women are more yeah. graceful than the men. They yeah, no doubt. get me every time. No but <clears throat> I know where everybody on the court is going yeah. based on where the ball is. Imagine how pivotal that is in business when you're running your position, you're running your side, and you learn to work on that teamwork and all that. So the tragedy there is there are so many benefits to the athlete Mm -hmm. aspect, but they are never taught how to apply that to the business world, which in essence gives them an upper edge. Mm -hmm. Same thing, man. And so many athletes do have an advantage. Man, you're working that – you're basically having a – I say a nine to five, man. You have a 24-7 job mm-hmm. while you're going to school. Now, I went to Furman. We're not taking pottery. And I guarantee you, most people will probably get a C in our pottery class because Furman is so intense. But in listening to what you're saying, you're positioning yourself to have the best outcome, mm-hmm. right? So many people get ball watching in life, which means like they watch the ball, but they don't move their feet. Ooh. And so now they're so reactive to everything that happens. But what were you doing, right? Obviously, you're aware of the situation. You're aware of your team, right? Obviously, if someone's in this corner, you're not going to move over there, right? Mm-hmm. You're going you're to adjust yourself, but you kept moving. Yeah. You never got stopped. I'm caught standing still. Mm-hmm. And so many people react to life. And sometimes my girlfriend's like, you're crazy. Like you said, you want to plan this and plan this and plan this. And it's not a control thing. But I don't want to get caught lacking, right? Mm-hmm. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready is something that someone told me in football. And by repositioning yourself, but also watching the field, you can up your chances of success. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll just think when you were saying that, I was just thinking about that going through my head. Well, that's so true because what I'm finding is I've been jumping deeper and deeper into my planner. 
Yeah. And it's funny because it's almost oxymoronic where I spend so much time in my planner in terms of planning the future. Yeah. But the more meticulous, like if you look at my Google calendar, there's yeah. colors all over the place. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but because I spend so much time planning and what I'm learning is as I, I, I put my boundaries up and I get more consistent in yeah. me sticking to my calendar, yeah. I'm able to 100% be present. Yeah. In the present, no doubt, because I've spent so much time assessing where I should be. Yeah, just like you said, watching the ball and not moving your feet. There's nothing worse and more tragic than watching mm-hmm. the ball and realizing you should be someplace where you're not. Yeah, and it's why we always move around and we adjust. And not only do we adjust, we're aware of where each other are moving, so we know that we're adjusting in the gap in yeah. the spot that needs to be filled. Um, I want to talk really quick about um, for you your journey yeah. as you're you're going through your injury and you're spending the time by yourself you know how is your uh i guess your personal acceptance and your personal journey into finding your identity you mentioned that you had people that let you know that you had the skills outside of sports yeah you know how long did it take for that to click um you know sometimes man just you know how it is when your dad tells you something and you don't listen. Yeah. And all of a sudden your dad's friend tells you and all of a sudden you listen and your dad's <laughs> like, what the hell? I've been telling you that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it just takes time for things to sell them. But going through my injury, and I had a lot of injuries at Furman. And uh, one thing, and again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but I've always felt like naturally from an ability standpoint, I was, in terms of combination speed power, I thought I was really good, I was really good in football, especially coming out of Florida, you know, where you have so many elite athletes. But my problem was I was always hurt. Right. And so I had that excuse. I could always say, man, I'm, I'm a beast. But, you know, I, I, this happened to me, not my fault. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I wasn't eating right. Right. You always you don't you never mention what you're not doing. You always mention you might mention the outcome, but I wasn't eating right. Mm-hmm. I was staying up to one. I mean, I remember one of my teammates, I love him to death. and I won't put his name out there. And I won't say what game. But, man, we had a game on Saturday against Chattanooga. It was one of my first starts. And we were up to two in the morning, partying, drinking. The game was like at, was at seven in the morning. Was at maybe a noon game. Yeah. So for a noon game, man, you got to be up like seven. You got to go to breakfast. You got to prep. And I was doing dumb stuff like that. But when I got hurt, it would never be like, oh yeah, I was up till two or three in the morning, right? And so just mm-hmm. self evaluating mm-hmm. is so important, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just going through life, mm-hmm. like pause, especially if you're listening, around, pause and look at your life and like write some things down. And again, man, everything I'm saying right now, the best thing, the thing I love about reading is that. I didn't have to come up with any of this. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was read, listen to counsel, and say, wow, there's some successful people doing mm-hmm. this. Let me see how I can incorporate that into my life, right? Mm-hmm. All I am is uh, I'm just spinning. I'm a parrot, spinning out the things that were put inside of me. So one thing I want people to understand, too, is, man, you always have an opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. right? I, didn't, I wasn't just born like this, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, how I was born was not what you see right now, right? But you always have an opportunity to become who you want to become if you're willing to put that work in. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking about that injury, man, so... When I had that time to reflect um, and did a lot of research and a lot of thought about what I wanted to do, but I had some great mentors in my life. You know, one thing too, man, it's all about who you know. And when I say mentor, man, I'm not talking about someone who can just teach me how to get rich. For me personally, if I want a mentor, I want a holistic mentor, right? I don't want the guy who's a CEO who's made multi-billionaires, but he's on his third marriage, right? No disrespect to him and people go through things, but that's not what I want, right? I also don't want the pastor who's failing in his finances, because guess what? If he's failing in his finances, although he's spitting scripture, he's failing his family because he's not providing for them. So I wanted to get around people who were holistic, Mm -hmm. who could show me every aspect, right? You might not be perfect, but at least you're pushing in that direction. So, you know, just meeting some great people in Greenville kind of helped me hone everything in, got me to think about life. They asked me questions. That's the one thing too. Ask people hard questions because if no one asks you, you're not going to think about it. Yeah. Um, So once they started asking me some questions, I was able to hone everything in, going to Nigeria, 
um, just kind of tied everything in a bow for me. And now I knew, hey, this is what I need to do. And this is what I need to do to move forward. Yeah. And I love that because when people ask you the questions you don't know the answer to right yeah. there, um, it's uncomfortable. It's yeah, unnerving. No mm-hmm. But it's actually where um, where the aha moments come from. Yeah. No you doubt. know, Andre, I'm interested to kind of, because I never actually really dived into your story transitioning. I know AK and, mm-hmm. and you played football together at Furman, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're in the studio. There's three of us, two of which athlete mm-hmm. or athlete students. At Furman, who um, I can say right now have an identity outside of football. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten it myself based on our build and, and how we look. People say, you know, you play sports growing yeah. up. What, what sports you play? Mm-hmm. Sure, you could have that build. Yeah. But it's funny how that's a question. You know, you don't walk in and like, oh, yeah, that's a football player. No, mm-hmm. it's did you play sports? Mm-hmm. How was your identity transition, Andre? Man, mine was, so mine was unique and... Like, my heartbreak was sooner than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, my senior year, I the first day of spring football, spring practice, um, we were doing conditioning at the end of the end of the practice, and we were just doing, like, deep balls. You just run 40 yards, catch a fade, just run practice deep balls. And I jumped up, caught a ball, came down, boom. Felt like someone was, like, st- sitting there waiting up under me with a knife and it just felt like it was going right into my growing. So it turns out tore my labrum right there on that play. First day of spring practice, my senior year and go to the doctor. First, I thought I pulled my growing, end up going to the doctor, injection, MRI, do everything. They were like, well, you can have surgery, um, six month recovery, or you can, um, kind of go to rehab and play with it. And I was like, hmm. tell me I can play with the torn labrum. And they were like, well, I mean, technically, yes, you'll just never hit full speed. Ooh. And I was like, hmm, okay, so what do you mean by that? I know so you. So <laughs> my thing was like, I'm like, well, if I can never hit full speed, you know, I ain't never really been that fast, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm more quick. So um, Running with a bag it, of rocks on what it, what it made me do was um, realize that that was actually my last season. That was going to be my last season. So stopped playing spring ball, then uh, went through the summer, didn't train nearly – I didn't train with the team, actually. Um, I did – an internship, a full-on internship, nine to five every day at ScanSource, um, which really taught me I didn't want to be a nine to five worker. Mm-hmm. However, I was thankful the fact that I knew that that was going to be my last season. I was, and I talked to my pops about this a lot because a lot of people don't know when their last play is, when their last game is, when their last anything is. That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate enough to know that every one of these games could be my last game, but this is for sure my last season mm-hmm. because my body can't handle what's next. I have no AC joint in my right shoulder, tore my or separate or broke my collarbone my left one at the time i had a torn labrum i ended up breaking the school record the same play i broke my leg so which was the same day my brother tore his acl i don't believe in coincidences mm-hmm. that's god's way of staying anonymous stop. and i yeah you feel me like yeah, <laughs> this is the ve- the vehicle stops here so for me it was it was figuring out that or knowing that I, that this was where it stops but that this was a vehicle that i used very wisely mm-hmm. and i use to the best of my ability yeah. Yeah. um and that's one thing i will say is like every every i guess opportunity i had that came with football i could say that i i kind of i gave it my all yeah like i gave it my all um yeah. and knowing that 
I couldn't hit. I hit full speed one time my senior year. I'll never forget the play. It was a bubble route that I ran on the left side, and coach said all practice like because I, I I practiced rarely during my senior year. Like mm-hmm. I practiced, but I didn't practice practice like, and it hurt me, but it helped me too. Like I I wouldn't have made it to the end of the season if I would have been going hard the whole time. Yeah. Um. But coaches understand, and I understood that I had to learn the mental aspect of it. So when I started learning the mental aspect of it, you can ask every single person I've ever went against. My senior year, my routes were way more crisp. I never hit 100%. I was always pushing my body to like 85, 90%, but I was two steps ahead of you in my mind already. Like I'm running a stem route and you're like, where's he going? And I'm I'm already breaking. So little things like that to where it it makes you develop. Um, And like teach his own where Coach Fowler, he was huge in – like student athlete, but he was huge in the fact like if you need to go to class, go to class. Yeah. And I did computer science. I had a lab every single, every single s- semester. I had a lab, and I don't. I didn't care. Like I'm not. I'm not skipping class. I'm not skipping practice. I mean, skipping class to go to practice. I'm not doing yeah. that. Like I'll come. I'll come afterwards. But I mean, I came here to get the piece of paper. Yeah. You yeah. feel me? Like I, I came here because y'all gonna pay me 250k to get the piece of paper, and that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Like y'all aren't gonna pay me, and I'm gonna score touchdowns for y'all, and I'm not gonna get what I want out of this. Yeah. So that's where my selfishness kind of came in, and it did cost me. It was a game where I didn't start because I I had labs two weeks. I had a lab a Tuesday and a Thursday, and I didn't start. And I'm like, it is what it is. I'll come in second quarter, but I mean, when I get out of here, it, I'm gonna get this piece of paper. Yeah. The paper will um, last. Yeah. Exactly. You know, a the lot touchdowns longer. So are gonna that go. transition for me was a little. It was. It was, I don't want to say it was hard because it was fun. Like, I knew I was done with football. But what you realize is football teaches you, like, the intangibles. It teaches you things that you cannot just go out and, like, pick up off the ground Mm -hmm. or just go and talk to someone and and learn it. You have to physically, like, do it. You have to wake up at 3 a.m. and go through mat drills with your brothers and literally see somebody hurting and crying. You know what I'm saying? You have to see them throwing up, things like that. So... I think it was it was a good transition knowing that I'm more I'm going to be more and I had a job um, right out of I was preparing like I, I started applying for jobs in August like when the yeah. season started mm-hmm. knowing that I'm gonna have a job kind of coming out so um, I yeah. don't know I knew that my body couldn't get hit by Ray Lewis at Camp Chance like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna it, honestly it was this it was this one this one um, I'll never forget this too I was sitting in my I was sitting in my dorm room or whatever. Well, I was actually, it's my fifth year. I was, I was at the Lake Crest or my apartment and I was watching Hard Knocks and I was watching Scout Team, bro. And the Scout Team dude, the Scout Team receiver hat was like mic'd up and I could just hear him like he was going through plays. It was in practice and he got hit. And every time he got hit, it was just like a, <clears throat> and it was like, it's a, hard. Yeah. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? Like, a, yeah. and I was like, "That's not about to be me." Like, <laughs> I can't take that. Yeah. Like, I'm more than a football player at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and that's and that's perfect. Mm-hmm. More than a football player, mm-hmm. it's having that hindsight and that realization. Yeah. Because un- unfortunately, I don't think enough people get to get to that revelation yeah. while they're still playing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think which I think too. it flips for me because like I, we were talking about it when we did the career the career thing like. A lot of people have pressure kind of growing up to be, like, good in school. Mm-hmm. Where, like, my parents, not, I don't want to say they put the pressure on me to be better in, to be better in sports, but they were like, if you don't have Bs, you're not going to practice. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, your education falls on the sports. Not your Balance. sports falls on education. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. You have to have this education to be able to choose to do sports. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was always like, oh, you get good grades. You get A's. You're going to graduate. Mm-hmm. You came to school to get the piece of paper. I did computer science, like one of the mm-hmm. second, like 
top three hardest majors at Furman with a science education minor. Like you're going to go to school. And then if you do go to school, you play sports. Yeah. Where like for me, the more pressure was on the sports aspect where like my dad was my coach until I was in middle school. Yeah. Like he's literally yelling at me and then he's like, all right, come on, bro. Let's go get, what do you want for dinner, buddy? (laughs) Well, that's the important thing there is about the overall choice, right? Mm -hmm. The the acceleration in school is what allows you to have the choice when you graduate, which is why everything you're doing with next play is you're letting these athletes know, hey, you are going to have a choice. Mm -hmm. You are an athlete student. Mm -hmm. Yes, your obligation and your priority while you're here is being on the field, is playing whatever sport it is you're playing. However... You want to give these students a choice. Yeah, and it comes down to your why. So I think what made the decision easier for Andre is because he knew he was going for that paper. So even mm-hmm. though, of course, being a competitor, he want, he wants to play. He wants to do everything right. But at the end of the day, you have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And same thing for me. So what made it easier is because I did have parents who were, t- who were instilling education, right? The problem is that when their parents are instilling education, and all of a sudden you come to football and they're not – I mean, and again, not taking away from what they mm-hmm. do. They get paid to win football games at the end of the day. So yeah. I don't blame them for the majority of their time being constrained to winning games but so same thing for me i was a double major at Furman. i studied um business finance as well as health science so i doubled in both those things mm-hmm. so i always knew that education was what i wanted football was just a vehicle mm-hmm. and what i try to tell some of these athletes and what happens is that why are you playing football because mm-hmm. if if i know my my vehicle my why is hey i want to be financially free or hey i want to take care of my mom football is just a vehicle right it let's is. say you do get hurt your mm-hmm. goal's not dead. You can still, right? Let's say you get hurt. Let's say, God forbid, legs paralyzed, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your legs might be paralyzed, but your heart and your vision aren't. Mm-hmm. Right? You can still achieve what you want to achieve. But so many people, they they confuse the vehicle mm-hmm. with the goal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, right, I'm not playing football anymore, but I can still help my family in Nigeria. I can still do all of those things. And so one thing I want to ask these athletes, especially, is like, why are you playing? Mm-hmm. Right? Now, if your why is not pure, if you're just going in for the and then nothing wrong, want to be flashy and want to have all mm-hmm. these accolades, but guess what? You might not have that same thing working a sturdy nine to five mm-hmm. or do being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But if you know that your goal is to take care of your family, all right, football is done. Mm-hmm. What's next for me? Yeah. Right, and you have to understand that vehicle too. Right, you could be mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong on that bike. Right, let's say we're going to France. Right, you can't even travel across the water. But if I'm the worst pilot in the world, who's gonna get to France first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about the vehicle, knowing where you're going and knowing how to get there. And that's mm-hmm. why you need to network and meet people who are outside of your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. I've never done a podcast before, but when Andre gave me the opportunity, I said, yes. You're killing right? it, by the way. I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate it, right? <laughs> I actually, I was born speech impediment, right? I can't say my S's. So if mm-hmm. you're from OTF and you're listening to this, every time I say all out speed, <laughs> have a list, right? but again right yeah no it wasn't comfortable yeah like i wasn't like man i won't i won't even lie and i'm gonna talk about this too the first day i had my trial um so my basically my trial coach everything went wrong right wow. one what first what happened was that i had all these executives who were in there my head coach the guy who was basically in charge of hiring coaches came in and he was watching me i wasn't even supposed to do my trial that day we were just supposed to go through a couple of test runs and he was just like Hey, class starts in five minutes. Come on. I said, huh? Here not go. to mention the complexity of the, the template um, is something usually you're not going to do for someone who's new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to do it, right? Batteries on the mic went out, right? Put some new batteries in. Went out again. Found us not even a battery problem. The mic's messed up. So I'm over here screaming, talking, don't know the template, putting people in the wrong position. Long story short, I get out of there. And, you know, they're telling me good job or whatever. But um, they're telling me good job or whatever. But... um. In my heart, you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, that wasn't good. I'm upset. I'm talking to my girl and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting emotional, about to cry. Yeah. And um, one thing I realized too, man, when you're playing sports, if you can't be vulnerable, you're lonely. 
right? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I try to tell these guys too, man. It's it's so it's it's good to be a boy and to you know joke around with your teammates, joke around with your boys, right? We we're having a professional conversation right now, man. As soon as this podcast over, I'm probably gonna make fun of your white tee, right? Like it's cool, <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it's it's awesome, but you have to be able to be vulnerable because you don't mm-hmm. want to go inside a lonely place. And I've spoken to it, especially when a macho sport where I can do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. What happens is you get lonely mm-hmm. because you can't be true to yourself. You can't have that vulnerability. So, I mean, especially in a in a place where mental health or time that mental health is so important, mm-hmm. man, it's okay to be a little mm-hmm. soft. Yeah. Right? It's okay. You don't got to be a gangster all the time. Like it's cool, right? If really, man, if I can't be real with you, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. If I don't trust nobody, I'm out here by myself. And this mm-hmm. world is too complicated to be by yourself trying mm-hmm. to navigate through. I love that, man. If so. you can't be vulnerable, you're lonely. That's that's one of the mm-hmm. truest things I think I've yeah. ever heard on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's kind of just listening to you talk and, and Andre, and I think what we're kind of getting at here is just seeing the game on a different level. Mm-hmm. And when I say game, I'm not talking about football. I'm talking yeah. about life. I'm talking mm-hmm. about um, when you talk about holistic mentors, you, you want to see all the positions. And, and for those who are still trying to find their purpose, still trying to find their why, what we talked about before was choices. Yeah. You know, if your goal is A or B, there are multiple ways to get there. Okay. And if your goal is to be, okay, the the biggest football player, the best football player or whatnot, even the best among us retire mm-hmm. before their lives are done. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing is what you notice is you look at, perfect example, Michael Strahan yep. had a successful football career, but his identity is no longer a football player, yeah. you know, he is no longer identified as just a football player mm-hmm. because he's evolved and grown around that. He used football as the vehicle, as yeah. the tool to project him to the next level yeah. in life. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's it's all about maximizing our choices with the skills that we have, assessing what gifts God gave us. And of course, I love saying this, our talents and our skills are God's gift to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we do with them is our gift back to God. Yes, sir. You don't want yeah. it just to sit there dormant. Um, really quick, because we, we are going to be coming uh, towards the end of our time here in a little bit. You mentioned the books that you, you've read and a great book, Wild at Heart, yeah. that, that you shared with me. Yeah, and it was awesome. Uh, talk about the journey into the books and, and the value that you got in them. And even with Wild at Heart, for, for men, anyone listening... Yeah. Uh, all the men that are listening, um, even the women, I recommend that. It yeah, was great. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm talking about Wild at Heart, John Eldridge, yeah. a female version. If you want to go you know, between the genders, it's called Captivating by Stacey Eldridge and John, who's his wife. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I learned, I've learned more reading mm-hmm. the last two, three years than the five years I got two degrees at Furman. And that's not a knock on Furman, man. It's yeah. just so much wisdom out there. And one thing I learned, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Mm-hmm. And some of these books, man... I'm reading them and I'm I'm feel like I'm getting punched in the face like it's a gut check you know yeah and um how I started reading again man through mentorship man a guy just said hey like you want to me I'll tell you this I was telling a guy I wanted to be successful the first book he gave me was on uh, the five love languages this mm-hmm. pink book yeah <laughs> and I said hey man I'm telling you I'm trying to make money yeah he said first of all holistic mentorship right if you're making a bunch of money but you're not happy at home mm-hmm. what's the point what am I teaching you I'm a coach yeah. I'm a skill coach I'm teaching you one skill I'm not a mentor second he said. Shoot, even if you're making a lot of money, if you get divorced, you definitely gonna lose your money. So I had to understand that there's levels to this. This whole game comes together, right? You can't just say, hey, this is easy. I'm gonna work right here. I'm gonna ignore everything else in life. If you're gonna grow, grow everywhere. Yeah. You know, a rising tide raises all boats. And that applies to yourself, not just helping your teammates or helping people around you. Mm-hmm. Raise all your skills that you can. Obviously, you have to be, you know, strategic, right? Not everything deserves the same amount of time. 
Um, but anyway, so, you know, he, I got one of those first books. It was the five love languages. And then I just started diving into things because what I learned is that success is universal. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm a trash man, whether I'm a lawyer, whether I'm a doctor, whether I'm a football player, the same principles that will make me successful over here are the same things that will make me successful over here. So um, a couple of books. I try to read two books a month. Now, nice. emphasis on try, right? I'm not perfect. That's the one thing, too. Don't try to be perfect. You're going you're gonna to mess up. You know, I'm very self-forgiving because I know how hard I'm working. I know what I'm trying to do. But I try to read one book on faith. And one book, it could be professional development in my field. It could be personal growth. It could be finances, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but I stumbled upon Wild at Heart. And man, it was a gut check. And I know you've read it. I know we've talked about it, man. But I, I'm big on faith. you know. Um, and I think to, I'll talk about my faith too, because what you talk about in private will always come out in light. And so there's kind of three points. And I mean, really, if you want to jump into and dive into it, but there's three yeah. points that that book talked about. The first one being... Um, a beauty to rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might be saying this out of order, but I think that's so important. Yeah. So a beauty to rescue, um, a battle to fight, mm-hmm. and then a venture to live. Yeah. Um, if I miss on that, go ahead and correct me. But um, those are the three things, man. And as a man, you have to first find out your identity. You have to know who you are. And especially as being Christians, man, and, and being someone, a Christian is not weak. A Christian mm-hmm. is not timid. Um, just because you're shy and shy away from contact and shy away from conflict, doesn't make you a good Christian. That just makes you weak, makes you passive. But being bold and being strong um, is something that comes from the Bible, right? Man, there's simple things like, and I don't want to get too much into it, but even things like they told Jesus he couldn't perform miracles on Sunday. Guess what he did? I mean, he he broke the law, but he saved lives. Yeah. Um, and then a beauty to rescue. I kind of want you to dive into it, but um, <laughs> it, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's what hit me with the, the beauty to rescue. As you know, me and my fiance just moving into our house, man. There's there's times I look at her and. The book talks about, you know, the captivatedness of a, of a woman, but also the challenge of a man to, yeah. to love her wholeheartedly, right? And that's a challenge I, I am faced oh, with yeah. every single day. And I am, I am so lucky in the woman that I've chosen yeah. and the beauty that I get to rescue because, and, and I'm, trust me, she doesn't need saving, yeah. but, um, I am there to to build a life with her, and it's and every day it's a new challenge that I've learned to embrace yeah. and learn to enjoy, and it's honestly something I I look forward to because when I saw those words, you know, truer words have never been spoken. We've all grown up playing Mario and, yeah. and whatnot, Bowser stealing pr- the princess all yeah. the time, you know, but like that's the story we've yeah. always chased, and to realize that we're living that. Yeah. We are the heroes of our adventure. No doubt. We have the battle to fight. I mean, that's what, that was the eye opener. And I look at my girl every day with gratitude and love, and I'm ready to fight for her. That's beautiful, man. Oh, yeah. One thing, I mean, I'm, again, I'm still working on So, baby, if you're listening, I'm still working. I'm not pretending like I'm perfect. But one thing I heard. Oh, just, neither am I. Just, just, exactly. Just <laughs> as, and the thing I love about this, too, we can come here and talk about it as grown men, right? We don't have to be perfect. Not, again, about vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell you if I messed up. But one thing that I love that I heard from, um, from again, I try to listen to as much success as possible. The guy was talking about how, like, you know, he's doing all these things. His wife basically came up to him and said, hey, like, I wish we'd have more date night together. Right. Mm-hmm. The guy was just very busy, always working. And he said, hey, I could have been like, hey, baby, but you don't have a job. You know, I'm working for you to put you in the situation. I took care of the kids. Um, I'm sending you on these vacations. He could have read off his stats. Your wife still, I mean, not, not she's totally unhappy, but you're still failing in that aspect, right? Mm-hmm. You either have excuses or you have results. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people, man, they want this cookie for what they did right. But at the end of the day, think about this. If a doctor perf- did everything in his power, but the patient still died, what happened? The patient died. Yeah. Right? So, stop reading off your stats, man. Stop telling your girl what you did in the past. Go ahead mm-hmm. and fix what you need to fix. Do you want your girl to be happy or you want to be right? Mm-hmm. Right, you want to, and especially in a girl, they're not looking at logic, man. They don't care about everything you did from A to Z, yeah. right? 
So just understanding that, man, you can always do better. Don't yeah. get comfortable with what you're doing, especially with your lady, because God sent her as a helper. Mm-hmm. And she's there to help you, right? I'm getting mad because my girlfriend's telling me about, <laughs> she's telling me, hey, like, did you do this? Did you do this? Guess what? If I did it, would she be telling me? Mm-hmm. No, no, man. So start start <laughs> accepting your lady for her help. Mm-hmm. And when she's happy, trust me, man, happy wife, happy life. And that's yeah. something I'm working on because we just moved in together. And dude, so, we are on the same boat on that yeah. because I can full and honestly say, and baby, I know you're listening, <laughs> I fall short. She's yeah. had to remind me, like, when was the last date night we've done? Yeah. When was the last time we've done something? And I have been um, guilty of that neglect yeah. in my own home. And because of that, I have to work on it. And she has to remind me and she has yeah. to push me. And I've I've done the rattle off the stats. Yeah. Like, baby, you see I'm doing this and this and this. Mm-hmm. I have done that. Yeah. You know, and I try and rise above that every single chance I get. And I'm trying to be more intentional. I even have in my Google calendar talking about all the colors and everything. Yeah. Her her color's flamingo. Her color's <laughs> yeah. flamingo. And nice. um each week, you know, I want to set intentions. Okay, hey babe, what are we gonna do this week? Try and set up things where we can build a life together. Because at the same time, when you mentioned holistic, you know, I, I'm realizing as I'm chasing these 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 dreams and I'm trying to build this podcast, build the modern man, yeah. be successful at work. You know, all that is great, but if I pour all my energy into that and I come home with nothing left to give, Leftovers, I'm man. giving, mm-hmm. you've, we've all heard this, I'm giving everybody the best of me and I'm giving mm-hmm. her the rest yeah. of me. Yeah. And that's not fair. AK, man, yeah. we can go on and on and on, but we are coming up on our time. Okay. Um, where can folks connect with you, follow you, and uh, follow your journey and yeah. learn more about everything you're working on and especially working with uh, Next Play? Yeah, man. Uh, so I just got back on the gram. All right. So if I'm a little rusty on those skills, don't mind me. But um, K-O-O-O-N-I-E, Cooney. You can get me on Instagram. You can get me on Facebook at Adekunle Olusanya, A-D-E-K-U-N-L-E. Same name on LinkedIn. So, okay, I'm getting back in my technology, upgrading mm-hmm. everything. But you guys can find me. And find me at nextplay.me. Um, that's where we are just trying to help these kids understand that they are more than an athlete. They have all these skill sets that God bless them with. So pull them out and let's get better. Awesome, man. I love it, man. And, and to, to Andre, thank you for sharing your story Appreciate with us you, bro. on this podcast. And of course, to the listeners, thank you so much for making it to the end. Oh, man. So many, so many nuggets, you know, don't, don't get caught ball watching where you're watching the ball and you're not moving your feet and self-evaluation is important and if you can't be vulnerable you're lonely these are just some of the points i wrote down and if it doesn't challenge you it won't change you and there are levels to this man you see the big picture find out what you want and understand there are different ways to get it and perspective appreciating what you have going for what you want that's going to be the secret and of course some of those books i encourage you guys men and women jump into wild at heart john eldridge and of course uh captivating by stacy eldridge as well i think it could benefit you guys and as always as we say at the end of the episode everybody wants the sunshine but they don't want the rain but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain yeah let's grow appreciate you brother yes sir The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to CamaraderieCowork.com 
or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.